Hey everyone, I'm Michaela. I'm Anitra. I'm Cecilia. And, and this, this is, is my life. We're back with another episode, and this time we wanted to talk about picking specialties. Yeah, so actually I feel like I haven't seen you in a really long time, Cecilia, and I feel like you talked about it last episode, but tell me what you're thinking right now for a specialty. Family medicine, actually. That's right, that's right. And I don't, were you always family medicine? No, I was Uh surgery, like yourself. Yeah. I came in really hardcore surgery, wanted nothing but surgery. (laughs) Um, I think it's because when I was younger, I did a dissection in a summer class one time. And a teacher said, you should be a surgeon. And I said, ew, what is that? Um, But then I started to realize what a surgeon was as I got older. And I was like, oh, okay, that's really cool. I'm great with my hands. I like crafts. I can be a surgeon. And that's how I was so into it when I was uh, starting starting medical school. Yeah, that's really awesome. That's also awesome that you had somebody in your life actually like tell you, you should be a surgeon. I feel like that doesn't always happen for a lot of like FGLI individuals. That's true. I think teachers really make a big difference. So that's what I was thinking about when I first came into medical school. But I think we should start with what are some of the things we should take into consideration when we're picking a specialty? Yeah, I think that's a really big question that everybody has when they're going into medical school. I think everyone thinks, and it's a huge misconception, that when they go to medical school, they automatically know what kind of doctor Mm. they want to be. And that's not at all the case. There are so many specialties that you're going to be exposed to, and then even more that you probably won't even get the chance to see, even in medical school. And you have to kind of pose these questions to yourself about who you are as a person and what Mm. you want in your career in order to make these decisions. Um, So I think one big question that everyone always tells us to think about, I think, in the first year is... Medicine or surgery, because I think they are Mm. very different. Um, And you kind of talked about like surgery, you're using your hands, but even that almost isn't helpful. Sometimes I like to think of it as like medicine versus procedural, because there are a lot of like interventional cardiology, for instance, you don't do surgery to get there. You do like an uh, internal medicine Mm. residency and then you go into it later. So you can kind of think about, do you like procedures or not? Or how much procedure work do you want in your career? Yeah, that's kind of where I started. Let's make a list of things that we should consider. So med versus surge or kind of procedures, how much procedures you want in your life. Yeah, how hands-on do you want to Mm -hmm. be, I think, was something that went through my mind a lot, especially with parents that Like my dad has always worked with his hands and Mm. definitely has like always (laughs) like always warned me not to be like a book smart person, you know, like Mm. he always wanted me to be able to do something more than read a book and like regurgitate textbook Mm. information. Um, So I think using my hands was always something really important to me in a career. Okay. Um, So I think another one that 
I kind of think about is what does the lifestyle look like? And mm-hmm. that's really, really hard as a medical student because you don't see the lifestyle of an attending. You see the lifestyle of residents. Mm-hmm. And even in your first year, you're not in the clinic yet. But once you're into like your clinical rotations, that's when you can kind of start asking these questions and trying to get an understanding of what the lifestyle of a specialty looks like. And when we say lifestyle, we kind of mean, oh, is it more a uh, regular schedule? Is it a nine to five job or supposedly a nine to five job? Or is it your schedule is more uncertain? Like you can be on call all the time um, and you would uh, yeah. be in the hospital and you don't know what the hours are. And sometimes you're waiting for something to happen. And yeah. other times it's just go, go, go. It's so busy the whole day. Yeah. And that's such a big one because there's also, you can get into the nitty gritty of lifestyle even more and be Mm -hmm. like, how much does your work follow you home? Because you might have a nine to five job, fine, Mm -hmm. but you might have to do a lot of administrative things after work, a lot of charting if you're not like super on top of it during that nine to five time, which is really hard to be, even if you're the most on top of it person in the world, I think it's really hard to chart in between patients. Um, Everyone's going to get behind at some point. Then beyond that, there's like, for, for instance, emergency medicine, you go to work for your shift and then you come home and you a lot of times don't see those patients again. There's a, you still have to do all of your charts, of course, but a lot of times, it, my perception anyway, is that that work doesn't always follow you home as much as some of the other specialties maybe do. Mm. And on that same note, since you brought up emergency medicine, the long-term connection with patients and how much patient follow-up you want. Do you want to just know the patient for an hour while they're in the ED? Or do you want to take care of them throughout different points of their life? Yeah, that's a huge other question to have on your mind, Um, especially when you're going through your clinical rotations. It's really hard as a medical student because you're not, you're only there for a month or so maybe. So you don't, always get that follow-up that maybe you're really craving. Um, Maybe you know that you want to see patients for their whole lives and like you love that part Mm -hmm. of whatever specialty that you're thinking about, but you don't get to do that as a medical student. So it's really hard to kind of decipher that when you're in medical school, I think. But I mean, one thing, I think I talked about this on one of the previous episodes was that even though I didn't get to see the same patient in one specialty, at multiple points in their life, I got to see very similar mm-hmm. patients at different times in mm-hmm. life. So I might have seen like a one-year-old with like a cleft lip and palate. And then I might have seen them again, like another patient that was 17 and almost ready to graduate from like the cleft lip and palate mm-hmm. um, program that we have here. But they had a very similar presentation mm-hmm. as the one-year-old I had seen earlier in that day. So it was kind of like a sneak peek into what maybe that one-year-old will mm-hmm. look like following um, them. So Mm. trying to kind of get a sense of that is really important, I think, too, when you're doing your rotations. Yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, another thing we should think about is salary, since we are an FGLI podcast. So we are a bit money focused sometimes. Um, Yeah. and, And salary is something that people don't talk about as much, but definitely consider. 
Yeah, I agree. I think at this point, we're all professionals and nobody else, like no other career kind of goes into a job without asking, hey, what's the salary like? That's true. And <laughs> like you go to a job interview and that's kind of one of the things that like, what are my benefits like here? You know, like you kind of have to know those questions when you're making career decisions. And that is something I think medical students shouldn't shy away from either. I think you just have to find the right person to ask, basically, that you feel comfortable asking those kinds of questions too. Um, and yeah, I think it's definitely a consideration. And I think not just FGLI students, I think everyone has this question on their mind at some point. Mm -hmm. Maybe it doesn't matter as much to That's some, true. but I think it is something that everyone struggles with like oh should i actually be asking this question and i i kind of lean on the side of like yes you should we're professional yeah people at this point i mean you shouldn't pick your specialty based on the salary because there if you pick your specialty just based on salary it might not be something you're passionate about so you won't like your work every day it's not just about salary maybe it's kind of salary for the amount of hours that you work. Yeah, the amount of hours that you work, how much flexibility you have in your schedule. Um, for instance, I always think like, not that I even am thinking about having a family, but I always think about, for mm -hmm. instance, my dad worked an hour away. He was done at 3.30, which was great. He worked eight hours. He had to be there super early in the morning, but he was done at 3.30 and he was home by 4.30. He could make it to my games at the end of the day. Whereas my mom might've had to work from like, eight to five, but she had a lot more flexibility in her work day mm -hmm. where she could leave and to come to my game. She could like, uh -oh. she could rely on some of her coworkers sometimes and they could cover each other because we all had, they mm -hmm. all had kids that were similar age. Um, mm -hmm. So they could all kind of make it to their kids games. So those are the kinds of things that you kind of have to think about as well. It's just how much flexibility there is in that, in the hours you work, in the amount of coverage that you might have mm -hmm. from your colleagues to do the things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be children. It could just be like, hey, I'm a doctor, but I still need to go to my own doctor's appointments as well, <laughs> you know? Another thing that a lot of people end up considering without maybe even realizing it when they're doing their clinical rotations is just how well they jive with the other people mm. in that specialty, which is actually really hard because sometimes the culture of a specialty at a certain medical school or institution is totally different than that mm. specialty at another institution and you never get to experience that mm -hmm. and that really clouds your judgment on a specialty like the people that you run into on your rotation you could just have a bad day really mm -hmm. the attending could have a bad day and that can cloud your judgment on that specialty for the rest of your life whereas you if you went somewhere else and or like just got them on a different day you might love that specialty you just might love those people and i think that's super I think that's something that's really scary for medical students that their decision on a specialty sometimes really comes down to where they went to medical school mm -hmm. and who they interacted with on what day. Yeah, just like you were saying before, it's kind of a snapshot into what this world is like. And we just have to, most of the time, pick it based on that snapshot. Like most people are expected to know what they're going into after their clerkship rotations, which is just not true. And some people- Yeah, are, it's definitely not true. Some people are still deciding, um, even as they're supposed to apply into a residency. Maybe they're yeah, still- some people, some people apply into two. Oh, yeah. Just because they don't know. And 
yeah, it, it's a lot of pressure um, to pick like what you want to specialize in, like what your thing is going to be for the rest of your life. What if you're done your clinical rotations and you still don't know what you want to do? What happens then? Like, how do you make a decision after that? Well, friends that I've talked to who are unsure, they take electives. Electives are like clerkship rotations, but less pressure. It's just you're there because you want to see what's going on in in that in that clinic or that specialty. Um, and there's no pressure to study for an exam afterwards. You're just kind of there to see. And there's less responsibility, maybe. It depends on the elective, but there may be less responsibility expected of the medical student. You're just kind of there to see whether or not you like this certain topic or field. Yeah, I think electives are a great way to be exposed to specialties that you didn't get the chance to see during your clinical rotations. Not everyone gets to rotate, for instance, in plastic surgery, which is the specialty that I knew that mm -hmm. I wanted to do. So I had to use my electives to kind of see the different areas of plastic surgery that I might be interested in, you know? And then I think something else to think about is that not every school has every specialty. They don't always have, like, I think there are actually a lot of schools that don't have a rotation in plastic surgery, I think. And so then if you know that you want to do that, how do you? You have to do an away rotation. Basically, yeah, you have to, you have to look at who has a plastic surgery rotation that you might be interested in going to for residency. And I think the thing that's kind of scary is that away rotations, I've been told, I haven't done any yet, are a lot like an interview for a whole oh, month yeah. where you really have to be on your game, impressing people. And, you know, I mean, not that you have to know everything. Nobody expects the medical student to know everything, but they expect you to be engaged. They expect you to be trying. They expect you to be right. ready to help, and you the, know? The place where you do your away rotation is probably somewhere that you might want to do your residency. And that's why you picked it. And that's why you want to yeah. impress that institution. Yeah. And you're kind of doing all those same things that you were doing in the clinical rotation, all those questions like, do I like the people here? Do I like their lifestyle here? You know, could I see myself being here for the next however many years that this particularly particular residency program is? So I feel like the questions that should be going on in your head never stop. And it's, it's almost why it's kind of nice. I think a lot of people give this advice is to like kind of keep a journal or some kind of running note in your phone or somewhere mm -hmm. where you kind of write down the pros and cons of different experiences mm -hmm. that you're having in medical school so that you so you can look back on it and know, hey, this is what yeah. I liked. This is what I didn't like, because I think those things are hard to remember that's later on. Tip. Everything sounds not as bad once you're already through it, I think. Yeah, that's a good tip. Well, when you're in the moment, it's really tiring, but it's good to journal and just to reflect on what you liked and didn't like about a certain rotation. Um, on, on the topic of applying and kind of residencies, I think another thing we should consider when picking a specialty is how competitive that is. That's kind of like salary where you don't really talk about it, but it's still kind of in the back of people's minds um, because there, there are certain specialties where you could, if that's what you really wanted to do, you're going to go for it and we're going to find a way to make it happen. 
for you to be in that specialty. But also if like it's something you just consider and you're like a little iffy on it, it's good to consider how competitive that specialty is and how much work you have to do for for the possibility of maybe not matching to a specialty. Like for the possibility that you have to apply to two different specialties. Yeah, I think that's a real source of I think people don't talk about it because it's such a it's such a source of stress for the people that I think are going into competitive specialties. And yeah, it is something that you have to think about because at some point, if your scores aren't there, for instance, on your step exam, the residency program might not even look at your application unless you did in a way there and you made a really, really good impression on them. Maybe then they'll give you the chance. But and I think every specialty is different on how much weight they put on those scores and how high the score needs to be and then how much they care, not even just about the scores, how much they care about research, how much they care about um, your extracurricular like involvement, what organizations you were a part of, what honor societies you were a part of. Um, and even it's so hard because even within specialties, those how much emphasis they put on those things is going to vary by residency program. And that's just a lot of information that you have to tease out. And I think something to consider is that you're not going to know everything. That's why you do interviews. That's why you apply. That's why you ask questions of the people. You have to to get an idea of like what they care about and whether or not it's going to be a good fit for you. Which kind of stinks because I feel like once you're applying and interviewing, you kind of spent the money already. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And you might not even know. <laughs> this is the reality of the situation. Like in a perfect world, it wouldn't be like this, but it's just something that's real and then we have to consider it for our field. Another thing to consider is like, Sometimes the more competitive residencies or residency programs also, the way that people make themselves more competitive is doing a year out. And maybe that's not something that you want to do, you know, and trying to ask people like, hey, is how necessary is that year out to get into a residency program? What can I do now to kind of set myself up? Those are a lot of things that to be going on in like an, a first year student's mind if they know they want to do some specialty but they don't want to do a year out. It's a, there's a lot of questions to ask yourself and things to figure out. So yeah, I think now though we can, I think we have a really good list. We've given people to, some things to think about. I want to go back to how you switch from surgery to family medicine. Yes. As I was saying in our previous episode about clerkship year, I had a really hard time on clerkship year. It was very challenging for me. And I got to the point where I was questioning whether or not I even wanted to be in medicine. And I think the thing that kind of helped me stay in medicine or realize that I still wanted to be a physician was thinking about how I wanted to be there for patients if they had any questions about any part of their health. Um, and whether this was, you know, like a parent with their young child or an elderly person who 
has a question about their health. Like I wanted to be there. I wanted to have the broad base of knowledge and be the first person that they can go to um, and be able to tell them, oh, this is benign. This is an okay condition or you need to see this doctor um, to get this work up. Yeah, so I think that's what kind of drew me into family medicine and primary care. And I realized that was more important to me than having the skills to do surgery. Like you said, being that person that people trust, being that fir- their first point of contact in the medical field is also a very rewarding experience in different ways. Really liked my patient interactions. Like those interactions were the part of medicine that that was the most meaningful for me. And I just wanted to have a job that based on considering the patient as a holistic person. Not that other jobs don't get to do that. It's just the focus of family medicine is to to consider the holistic person. Whereas other specialties, they can consider it, but sometimes maybe they don't have time to to make that consideration because they're just focusing on their their body part or what their specialty is. I'm kind of curious. When you're making this decision to stay into to stay in medicine or not, what if you had decided to not stay in medicine? What do you think you would have done? No, no, I didn't know what I was going to do with this MD or like not getting an MD. I think I would go into, you know, something about the environment, like environmental consulting or environmental health, um, just because I think we have one planet and I think we're, as, as human beings, just consuming too many resources and we need to place more focus on renewable energy and making things more sustainable for the future. See, that's not what I was expecting. I would like, I feel like if I ever decided to not go into medicine, I'd do a hard turn and just be like, nope, nothing, nothing medical related. I feel like I would want to do, like, I always really liked coaching. I feel like, I don't know, I always like sports. So I feel like I would want to go do something like that. But I don't know. I feel like I would still need another job. I wouldn't want to be like a teacher. So I don't know. I don't know how it would work out for me. Maybe like a personal trainer. I guess that's still medicine, technically. It's like, anatomy and physiology. <laughs> Let's just stick with medicine. <laughs> I think we should kind of talk about each of our specialties as it relates to the six points that we kind of listed out. I feel like we kind of already got into the first one for me, procedural versus medicine. Like I really wanted to be using my hands. I kind of gave the backstory for that. The next one, you're gonna have to remind me of the six points because I didn't write them down, you did. <laughs> Lifestyle of the attending. So that's so hard in surgery because you see the lifestyle of the residents the most. Um, You really only see the attendings during either office hours or when you're hanging out with them for that day. And that will be like an, you know, an eight to five job um, that day. (laughs) Or you see them during the surgery and kind of what they're doing before and after surgeries. I don't always know. Also, like where you're at, like a private practice surgeon is going to be so different than an academic surgeon or even a community hospital surgeon. Um, I mean, I feel like a lot of people here where we're at are involved in research in those downtimes and in between surgeries and meetings and meeting with students. And I think they're still very busy. I think surgery gives you a lot of flexibility and plastic surgery especially gives you a lot of flexibility. I would say it's one of the one of the specialties where private practice is still very much a, 
a thriving thing um where i think a lot of specialties that's not the case anymore um so yeah i think that is one thing i did pick plastics as a specialty kind of for that flexibility that it gives you um i can't say that i know whether or not i'm going to stay in academic versus private versus a community hospital yet um they all have pros and cons for different reasons um and i think that's something i'll figure out kind of more in residency but just kind of setting myself up with a specialty that had a lot of flexibility was important so those are my first two for plastics but obviously family medicine has a very different lifestyle what were you thinking yeah so family medicine it's supposed to be a nine to five because you're mostly in clinic and outpatient. But Michaela, like you were saying, sometimes you don't, you're not caught up with the charting. So maybe the the charting follows you home and you have to do some homework outside of your work hours. Um, but for me, I think I wanted a more rigid schedule. I wanted to know what I would be doing every day and not maybe just go into work and then not have cases that day or just be waiting for something to happen. So for me, I think I liked the the predictability of the specialty. Yeah, that's fair. I think something else that a lot of family medicine like practices are doing is they might have extended hours. So like maybe they have one physician a week that's there from 10 to 7 for something that way like people who can't come during nine to five can come a little bit later and sometimes they're even adding like a Saturday to it so yeah it just depends you have to decide what practice you're going into how many other colleagues you'll be working like partners you'll have things like that those are but yeah. but I want my weekends I know. that's why I picked this specialty <laughs> I want my weekend <laughs> I know um okay patient follow-up I think that's a good one to compare and contrast. Well, you were saying before, like in plastics, um, you you do get some kind of follow up with the patients. Yeah, for different specialties within plastics, you do like cleft lip and cleft palate. Those patients come from babies, sometimes even prenatally, mm -hmm. you might have that appointment and they can come until like they're 18 or so, I feel like is when a lot of the last surgeries kind of happen if if needed. Um, so you follow them for a really long time. And then, yeah, it's very interesting. Do you ever follow them uh, when they're older, maybe in their 40s? Like, do you ever have patients like that? It probably depends how many complications they have. So, oh, okay. And also, they have a whole team. So they have like orthodontics people following oh. them as well. So it might not be you specifically, like maybe it's something the orthodontist can take care of. But um, for instance, my dad had a cleft lip and palate, which is why I'm kind of oh. interested in plastics from the start. Mm. And recently, mm. so he never got a bone graft and one of his like mm -hmm. teeth died in his mouth, like really no fault oh. from, oh, no, no. no fault from him, but like his mouth okay. was a little bit like <laughs> moved around in there. Okay. And um, I mean, he's like 50 something and he had to get mm. the tooth pulled but they couldn't okay. put an implant in because he didn't have a bone to put it into the right right where that tooth oh. was. So he had to get like a bridge. Um, but yeah, like he didn't necessarily need a specific surgeon or anything or like specific dentist to do okay. that. But it was something that was very interesting, at least from my point of view, to be like, oh, wow, like you still yeah. have like people still have to think about this for you because your mouth is reconstructed yeah. differently than other people's, which mm -hmm. is um, 
So you could. It just probably depends, like I said, on the complications that a patient has. Hopefully they don't have any, oh. so you don't have to see them as adults. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. That's good to know. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um, I hope your dad's tooth is oh, yeah. better. <laughs> no, <Okay>. he's fine. <laughs> okay. For family medicine, in terms of patient follow-up, of course, I think maybe it depends on the the hospital you're working at or the region that you're working at. Maybe if it's more rural and suburban, you see more pediatrics patients and maybe even pregnant patients. But maybe in the city, you just th- there are pediatricians that... And like OBGYNs that patients go to, so maybe they don't come see the family physician. But in terms of patient follow-up, it's supposed to be the field where you get the most patient follow-up. I mean, I've heard family physicians like delivering babies and then following that baby as a toddler, as a teenager, like until they get married. Like it's very cool. I think it'll be great to have that kind of bond with patients and to know your patients so well. Ooh, salary. As context, you know, as a physician, you're going to be making a comfortable amount. Yeah, especially coming from an FGLI family. Like, yeah, people, I mean, my dad told me like, oh, be a doctor. They make great money. Like, yeah, yeah, it didn't matter what kind. But if, I mean, if we're just considering money, if we just wanted to make money, we would not be in medicine. It's true. <laughs> like, we would be on Wall Street. The hours are too crazy. We would be a software engineer or something. We came into medicine because we want to help people. But also, you know, all, all this work, we want to make some money. We want to know that we're comfortable and supporting our family. We need to pay back med school at some point. Yeah, that's true. When you Google, like, physician salaries, like, these charts come up. And, like, plastics is at the top of the spectrum family med is really any surgery yeah any surgery anything with procedures yeah. is at the top of the spectrum um and a family medicine pediatrics kind of at the bottom anything with children kind of brings your salary down a little bit we're, we're just saying the reality letting our listeners choose for themselves yeah fifth is people you jive with yeah that's always so hard because like i said it can be different at every institution and i i don't know about you but i haven't really been at any other uh, any away rotations or anything yet to know i can say like every time i was in a different specialty and we had a joint plastics case like the people in plastics were always so welcoming to me they always were like yeah you can stick around for our part of the surgery and they would even involve me and be like here's how we suture here's like you can try some and that was really I don't know that to me was just like yes like that solidified to me like yes I think I like the specialty but like yes I like the people in it they care they want they're like excited to have people who are excited about the specialty and they really kind of like took me under their wing at some different points in the time which I appreciated a lot so yeah, the people did have a, a little bit of an impact, I guess you would say. <laughs> Even though we know this might be a snapshot into that field, where it, it still kind of draws us in to that specialty. Actually, I've, I think I vibed with surgeons <laughs> on my rotation, but I, yeah, I also loved family medicine people. They were very nice. And we kind of had the same values, loving patients, loving to, to look at like social determinants of 
health for patients. So it's it's good to care about the same things as your colleagues in in the field you're going to. Yeah, I think something for me too is like I'm doing the master's in public health, and like so I I also care about the social determinants of health, but I'm not going into a field that necessarily always emphasizes them. And so I don't know. I've always been the person that's kind of comfortable speaking my mind in some way. I don't know. I've never personally had too many opinions that really go against the grain, I guess you would say. But um, I do kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of comfortable being that person that like maybe is bringing some diversity to the field. Um, And I really like that part of it as well. So that's awesome. Yeah. We also need social determinants of health in other in other specialties as well. So I'm glad you're bringing that to the table. So in this episode, we kind of have a had a list of considerations um, that we talked about. But I think at the end of the day, just find something that you're passionate about. Like find a field that you think you can do for a long time. A long time and a lot of hours. <laughs> yeah, long time um and this might be like seeking out other resources to help make this consideration um it might be taking a year out um taking longer time to make this consideration um but at the end of the day like you said it'll all work out thanks for listening everyone Mm -hmm.